the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now, we have seen in the scriptures that God uses all kinds of people from different backgrounds, different levels in society, if you will, from fig pickers like Amos to shepherds like David to members of the royal family like Zephaniah. It doesn't really matter who you are. God can use you. If you you surrender your life to Him, you give your life to Him, you submit to His will, God can use your life for His purposes. Today, Pastor Dan invites you to join in on this new study in the book of Zephaniah, one of the minor prophets of the Old Testament. Zephaniah begins by setting the stage, letting the reader know who he is and what's going on at the time he's writing. Pastor Dan points out that God wants to use each of us to do His work. It doesn't matter if you're royalty like Zephaniah or a farmhand like David. It's all about having a heart that is soft toward the Lord and a willingness to follow Him, even if it's hard. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zephaniah chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in the book of Zephaniah. Uh, Zephaniah is right after Habakkuk, right before Haggai. So if you get to Matthew, you've gone too far, but you're close. I listened today to uh, Pastor Chuck Smith uh, teaching through Zephaniah, and he taught through Zephaniah and Haggai in one message. So we're just going to do one chapter tonight. Don't worry. Don't panic. (laughs) (laughs) We did two books and one message. So, Zephaniah chapter 1, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We we thank you, Lord, for this journey that we've been on going through the scriptures together. And uh, Lord, we pray and ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word, that you would speak to each of us from your word. And I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Zephaniah the prophet was a contemporary of Jeremiah the prophet. And together, Zephaniah and Jeremiah were the last of the pre-exile prophets. Or the prophets that ministered before the Babylonian captivity. Uh, Ezekiel and Daniel were captivity prophets. They ministered in the captivity. Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, the, the remainder of the Old Testament, were prophets after the captivity. Uh, so Zephaniah is, is really the last of the pre-exile prophets who ministered before the Babylonian captivity. Uh, he ministered in the southern kingdom of Judah. 
It's believed that he lived in the city of Jerusalem because he describes geographic details of the city of Jerusalem, indicating that he was familiar with the city. He ministered before the fall of the Assyrian Empire. So as the Babylonian Empire is on the rise at this point, but the Assyrians are still the big world empire. Uh, If you look over in chapter 2, verse 13, there he speaks of the destruction of Assyria and their capital city of Nineveh. Verse 13, and he will stretch out his hand against the north, destroy Assyria, and make Nineveh a desolation. So we know that he's writing before the destruction of the Assyrian Empire, but it's just before the Babylonians conquer Assyria. The theme of Zephaniah is the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord, or the day of Yahweh. Now, right now, we live in the day of man. Mankind has rejected the rule of God and is essentially ruling himself and governing himself. That's why the world is in the trouble that it's in. But there's coming a day, there's coming a time in the future, known as the day of the Lord, when God will intervene in the world, and God will judge mankind, and God will establish his rule over the earth. The Bible says that Jesus Christ will return And the governments of the world will be upon his shoulder, and he will reign as king of kings over all of the earth. And that's the day of the Lord. You have the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, and then you have the church age. We're living in the church age right now. The church age will end with the rapture of the church. Sometime after the rapture of the church, You will have the seven-year tribulation period, and the seven-year tribulation period begins the day of the Lord. And everything from the beginning of the tribulation period all the way through the eternal state of the new heaven and new earth is all part of the day of the Lord. Again, we're in the day of man right now, and God is going to intervene in human history and begin the day of the Lord. And that begins with the seven-year tribulation period Uh, The 70th week of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, if you remember our study, and Daniel that begins with this uh, this treaty that is signed by the Antichrist. Uh, And the tribulation period is that seven-year period when God pours out his wrath on this God-rejecting, rebellious world. And it's described in detail for us in Revelation chapter 6 to 19. And that is the time that Zephaniah is speaking of, primarily. That is what his prophecy is about. Now, like many of the Old Testament prophets, Zephaniah has a double fulfillment. A double fulfillment. He he is warning about the imminent invasion of Judah by the Babylonians. That's the near fulfillment of his prophecy But Zephaniah's prophecy also looks ahead to the end of the age, to the day of the Lord, when God will will judge the whole earth. And that's the far fulfillment of this prophecy. And so he's using what is happening currently or what is about to happen to Judah. And it's a picture of what will ultimately happen all over the world with the day of the Lord and God's judgment coming down upon all of the earth. So uh, look at verse one for me. 
It says, the word of the Lord, which came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushai, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Now, if you remember in our other studies of the prophets, the minor prophets especially, most of the prophets give us very little background or details about their genealogy or where they came from. Zephaniah, though, he gives us quite a bit of background information here about his lineage. And the reason is because Zephaniah is a descendant of King Hezekiah. He's part of the royal family. That's what we're being told. That's what we're told in verse 1. He's part of the royal family. Now, we have seen in the scriptures that God uses all kinds of people from different backgrounds, different levels in society, if you will, from fig pickers like Amos, to shepherds like David, to members of the royal family like Zephaniah. It doesn't really matter who you are. God can use you. If you you surrender your life to him, you give your life to him, you submit to his will, God can use your life for his purposes. Now again, verse 1 tells us that Zephaniah descended from Hezekiah, And he ministered in the days of Josiah. Now, those are important details for us. And those details help us to know what was going on in Judah at this time. And so I just want to take a couple minutes just to give you kind of a a background, some background information about Judah at this time. Beginning with Hezekiah, Hezekiah was a godly king. He was a godly king. He was a good king. Uh, When someone is elected president of the United States, when they take office on their first day in office, they immediately sign a bunch of executive orders and they begin making the changes they promised they would make when they were campaigning. One of Hezekiah's first acts as king was reopening the temple in Jerusalem. One of the very first things that he did as king is he reopened the temple in Jerusalem and restored the worship of Yahweh and the nation. And you might be thinking, reopen the temple? What are you talking about? Israel had abandoned the worship of God to the point that the temple was closed and in disrepair. And so one of the first things that Hezekiah did when he became king is he restored the temple. And he reinstituted the worship of Yahweh and the nation. And he he made the worship of Yahweh central to the nation again. And then he set about to remove all of the idolatry from the nation as well. And so Hezekiah brought great spiritual reforms to the nation. But they were just surface reforms. The hearts of the people did not change. And when Hezekiah died, his son Manasseh became king. And Manasseh was one of the worst kings in Israel's history or in the history of Judah. Manasseh, get this, he immediately, when he became king, he immediately set out to undo all the good his father did for the nation before him. Immediately. And Manasseh not only undid all the good that his father Hezekiah did for the nation, Manasseh even went beyond the evil that was in place before the time of Hezekiah. 
He, he took the nation to new extremes of ungodliness. Like never before in the nation. I'll just read a couple of verses to you out of Second Chronicles chapter 33 of your taking notes. Second Chronicles 33. This is what it says about Manasseh. It says, he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. He, he did the things that the Canaanite nations did. The abominations that they committed that were the reason that God removed those Canaanite nations from the land. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. It goes on to tell us in verse 3, For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down. He raised up altars for the Baals and made wooden images, and he worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. Listen to this. This is where he goes even farther to a farther extreme than what was happening before Hezekiah. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. Also, he caused his sons to pass through the fire and the valley of the son of Hinnom. He offered his children as a sacrifice to pagan gods, to Molech. He practiced soothsaying. He used witchcraft and sorcery and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He even set a carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. So you have a, a good king who's doing good things for the nation and Hezekiah bringing good reform to the nation, restoring worship and morality back to the nation, but it's all on the surface. It's not a change of heart. And once that king is out, the new king comes in and he, he reverses everything that Hezekiah did. And then he goes even beyond that where now he's, he's bringing immorality and ungodliness and wickedness into the nation like they've never seen before to a whole new level in the nation. It goes on to say of Manasseh that Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Manasseh seduced the people into these things. 
Then after Manasseh died, his son Ammon became king, and he also did evil in the sight of the Lord like his father. Manasseh and Ammon reigned for a combined total of 57 years. And so you've got this godly king, Hezekiah, who's doing good things for the nation, right things for the nation, who brought reform to the nation. And then after Hezekiah, there's a stretch of 57 years of wicked, ungodly leaders. And then Josiah became king. Look again at verse 1. That's the time in which Zephaniah is ministering as a prophet. In the reign of Josiah, Josiah became king when he was only eight years old. And we're told that Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 34 verse 3 tells us that when Josiah was 16 years old, he began to seek God. And so Josiah at 16, he's king. Uh, He has a personal salvation experience. He begins seeking the Lord. And then we're told in 2 Chronicles 34, when he was 20 years old, Josiah purged Judah and Jerusalem of all the idolatry. So he began to institute reforms in the nation, much like Hezekiah many years before. 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 4. I'll just read it to you. This is what it says about Josiah. They broke down the altars of the Baals in his presence and the incense altars, which were above them. He cut down and the wooden images, the carved images, the molded images. He broke in pieces. He made dust of them and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars And he cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. This guy's not messing around. And so he did in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali and all around with axes. Now, Naphtali is way up in the north by the Sea of Galilee. That's not even part of the southern kingdom of Judah. It's part of Israel, but at this point, the kingdoms are split in two. So he he even goes into the northern kingdom as far north as Naphtali, destroying with an axe all the places of idolatry, all their altars and their idols that they have set up for themselves. And then it says in verse 7, when he had broken down the altars and the wooden images, had beaten the carved images into powder and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel, then he returned to Jerusalem. So he, he kind of just goes on this holy rampage through the nation and even going beyond his border into the northern kingdom to deal with the idolatry in the nation. And the way it reads, it seems he himself personally is walking around with an axe doing this. Then he goes back to Jerusalem. Again, he's king and he ordered the repair of the house of the Lord. Again, much like Hezekiah, you know, 70 years before at this point, he ordered the repair of the house of the Lord. The temple once again had fallen into disrepair from the long period of Manasseh and Ammon ruling. And it was during the repair of the temple that Hilkiah, the priest found the copy of the law given by Moses. And some scholars believe 
that the copy that Hilkiah the priest found in the temple was the original copy penned by Moses. And some believe it was the only copy of the law left in existence. But that that tells us that, uh, you know, no one was reading the Bible. For 60 years. They've lived without the word under Manasseh and Ammon. And we're told that that copy of the law was brought to King Josiah and it was read before him. And it says, when Josiah heard the words of the law, he tore his garments because they had not been keeping the law. They weren't even aware of the law. They didn't even know what the Bible says. And when he hears the word of God, he immediately repents because he realizes how far away from God they have gotten as a nation. And so then listen to this, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 29. It says, Then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the Levites, and all the people, great and small. And he read in their hearing... All the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. He gathers all the leaders of the nation. He says, you guys got to hear this. Listen to what this says. And he reads it to begin at this point. Nobody's heard this because the word of God is lost. Then the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord. So he commits to following the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand. Isn't that great? He made everybody take a stand. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Thus Josiah removed all the abominations from all the country that belonged to the children of Israel and made all who were present in Israel diligently serve the Lord their God all his days. They did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. And then he goes on in chapter 35 to describe this great Passover that they celebrated. And they had not celebrated the Passover in decades in the nation. In fact, we're told uh, in chapter 35 that it was a Passover that was celebrated. And it says there had been no Passover kept in Israel like that since the days of Samuel, the prophet. And none of the Kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as Josiah kept. And so Josiah, he brings these spiritual reforms to the nation. He brings revival to the nation, but it was only surface deep. It was only surface deep. The hearts of the people weren't changed. It was all outward reform, outward obedience, outward morality, but the hearts of the people were still far from God. Listen, God sees the heart. God sees past the religious activity we may have. And he looks at the heart and he knows the thoughts and intents of the heart, the Bible says. And and God desires that our hearts be changed. That our righteousness would not merely be outward righteousness, but that inwardly there would be righteousness. That we would be born again. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zephaniah, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. God's Word can speak to you in a variety of ways, and it can reach you in a personal way too. Are you learning and growing through this study in Zephaniah? If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. You'll also notice a tab for giving and a tab for serving opportunities. Make sure to check those out and think about being a part of this ministry and the church as a whole. If you have questions, give us a call at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. Thanks for listening today to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.